0: Good afternoon, good morning to those who tuning in to the show right now I'm your host Tavares Wilson As you all know by now, I always get the last word Now guys, first and foremost, I want to start off by saying this I apologize for getting this episode laid out to you all This should have been released, but I had some things going on, man Trying to get some things situated So I hope you all do understand that But nonetheless, though, man, let's get straight into it So off back, we got... The beginning of the NBA season is upon us, if y'all do not know. I'm pretty sure y'all are aware of that now. We've had some teams already playing three games from anywhere between two to three games now. And a lot has been said early, which I highly disagree with. I don't believe people should be writing these teams off just yet after three games where there's a lot much basketball to be played. But I will make some early season observations For certain teams, and one of those teams I want to make an early observation for is because you know everyone was wondering whether this team was going to be better than what they were last season, or are they going to still just be the same sneaky old team that we've seen? So let's get it right into it. We're going to talk about the the LA Lakers guys, and thus far this team is 0-2. They've lost to the Los Angeles Clippers and they lost to the Golden State Warriors, both teams of which are very talented. Regardless of the Clippers' injuries, they have a lot of depth. They had Paul George playing healthy. They had John Wall, who had a really good game off the bench. They still got Richard Jackson. You still got, (coughs) excuse me, Norman Powell, who, in my opinion, is one of the more underrated players in this league. And they still got a lot of good role players to help support their superstars they have there. Now, with that being said, The Lakers team has not looked overly impressive. They've looked, I will give them this, they look like a more cohesive unit than what they looked last season like. They have more to build upon this season. And like I said on TikTok, by the way, if you guys don't follow me on there, last word, productions, I'm on TikTok. But I do believe this team has a little bit more firepower than they had last season. I think Lonnie Walker has came in and added some of that. I also believe Pat Bell would pay due diligence on his, just his overall play as a player on the he does on the defensive end as well as knowing his role. And I think having Kendrick Nunn back in the fold fully healthy is gonna help as well. So I think this team can be better than what they were last season. But I do also still believe this team will make moves in trades and get new faces in the building, et cetera. And I think one of the guarantees that's going to happen is Russell Westbrook will be in a different jersey before All-Star break. And I truly do believe that. Now, if he isn't, I would be utterly shocked. But with that being said, I think the Los Angeles Lakers will make some more moves here. I am more than certain that they will if I'm being honest with you all. And truth be told, I don't blame him, I said this from the jump ever since this trade happened for Westbrook. I said, this isn't a good fit. I don't feel as if he complements what LeBron does well at this point in his career at least. If if LeBron was still playing at his same level and had the same stamina and endurance he had, like let's say with the like his later run with the Cavs when he carried the Cavs to the finals essentially, this could have worked because... You would have had two explosive players with the ball in their hands. It would have been creating a mismatch nightmares, and plus, you would have had more shooters on those teams, on that team specifically, than what you have right now in the Lakers. So I think that would have worked a little bit better in his favor if you would have had some kind of setup like that. But you don't, and that's the issue here. You don't have shooting around two guys who aren't necessarily great shooters themselves, and also both guys. Are really good facilitators but it's hard to be a really good facilitator and give the shooters who aren't consistent knockdown shooters you need that around both these guys and they don't have that right now they just don't and that's why I think the trade will be made and Russell Westbrook will ultimately be moved I truly do believe that now with that being said let's get into another team who's also a rocky start this season with high expectations and that's the seventy-sixes. I think Julian B had a bounce-back game today. He had a forty and forty and thirteen game against the Spurs. Ultimately, they still lost. James Harden had an off night. I think he shot four for eighteen from the field. But other than tonight, James has looked phenomenal this season. He just had a bad shooting night. It happens. And I'm not worried about the Sixers. I'm not. I'm not about to write these dudes off. They're still going to be contenders. They're still going to be a very dominant and very difficult team to beat come postseason. They just, simply are, they just simply have to figure it out right now. To me, that's what it comes down to. They got a few new pieces with guys like P.J. Tucker coming into the fold. They, they need to figure out what they're going to do with Tobias Harris. I don't think Tobias Harris is going to be here anymore. I think his time... I think he's a ticking time bomb. I think it's only a matter of time before he's moved from out the door. And... They need to, in my personal opinion, they need to give Montrez Harrell a little bit more minutes. Now, he only played nine minutes tonight. Um, let me, let's look at his other minutes. I mean, Montrez Harrell is only playing, on the season already, he's only playing six and a half minutes per game. I mean, that's not good enough. For a guy who's a former six-man of the year, he needs to be playing more minutes. He, he just does. And I, I think if you get him more involved in the second unit with them being on on the bench, I think this team could be a little better with with terms of points production off their bench. I think you get him and Tyrese Maxey running a pick-a-roll kind of situation, I think they could be very, extremely dangerous in that situation. But in my personal opinion, I think that's what it just comes down to. They got to learn to play with one another. And other than that, man, I mean, it's, it's not really anything... Other than that, that's been really eye-opening for me. The Utah Jazz look a little better than I thought they were gonna look. And simply put, I just think the Jazz, I think they're playing with house money and they know that. They start off in season 2-0, no one expecting them to do anything. So when you're not expected to do much, what does that mean? Well, it means you can go out and play freely each and every night because without expectation, you have no worries. And with that being said, I think that's helped these players play a little bit more loose than they t- probably typically would. So, it's a good thing for them. I think the Pelicans have looked good starting off the season. A lot of people have hopes for this team. They got a lot of young talent. Zion Williamson back healthy. Brandon Ingram, one of the emerging stars in this league. CJ McCollum, proven talents. Jonas Valachunas, really good too two-way center, walking double double. I mean they, they got a lot of talent on that roster, so I expect the Pelicans to be better than what they've been in the past. Now with all that being said, again, like I reiterated before and I will reiterate it again, it's only three games, three to two games people. There's no overreact. There's not write teams off just because of one to two bad games. It happens. It is what it is let's not act as if these guys are seasons are now predetermined or determined now after one or two years. I mean, not two years, but two games. To me, it's just really, 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 really disingenuous for people to make it seem as if they've figured out this team already or these teams already because they struggled or because or because they, they feel as if that they're still going to be what they were last season and my personal opinion just give it time that's all i gotta say guys just give it time now with that being said let's get off into the nfl let's go over the thursday night game we had this past thursday and i believe it was the cardinals and the who the saints there we go first and foremost let me say this about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton looked terrible. There's, there's no other way to say it. I believe coming into this game, the past three games, I want to say, is it three or two games? He had one interception. He had three interceptions alone in this game. One of them was his fault. I would give him that. One of, them, one of them was not his fault. It was a clear drop. One of them was a club drop by Marcus Colloway that turned into a pick six. But the one he threw to Isaiah Simmons, a thousand percent is And he threw another one. I, I can't recall the player, but he he threw two really bad throws and both turned into costly interceptions. And this was in a game where Kyler Murray did not exactly play lights out. I mean, Kyler Murray is okay, he played 20. Yeah, 20 for 29, 204 yards and a touchdown. I mean it's it's solid, you'll take it. But in the winning effort where a team puts up 42 points and the quarterback throws for one touchdown in today's league, you would if I would have told you guys those were Kyle Murray numbers at the end of the game, you would have probably assumed the Saints won. Especially with the way the Cardinals defense has been playing. You would probably assume they won. But no, that wasn't the case. They put up 42 total points. As a team, I mean, it's a big concern. Saints organization to me, they have to be a little bit worried because I said, I said off the back, I didn't want this Allen being a Dolphins coach. I don't feel as like if he's a good coach, and he is proven my observations correct. He's he doesn't seem as if he knows what. The, excuse my language, but we don't know what the hell is going on. The offense look, the offense looks. All over the place, scattered. The defense is nowhere near what it's been in the previous years, and I don't like how Alvin Kamara is no longer a vocal put in the offense. I mean, he he just his role just seems to be diminishing to me, and it's a bit concerning. As if I'm a Saints fan, I mean, if our best if we can't find ways to give our best player the ball, like I mean, I know a lot of people still gonna feel as if a hefty Michael Thomas is their best player. He's not. Let, let, let's, let that guy, let's, let's let that go, guys. Michael Thomas is not the same as best player anymore. It's, it's Alvin Kamara. And if it's not Alvin Kamara, it's Marshawn Lattimore. And that's not saying much how he's looked this season. But with all that being said, they got to give Alvin Kamara to Baltimore. He simply has to be more involved in offense, and he's not. Chris Olave, good young receiver, he's no Alvin Kamara. Marcus Callaway, he's no Aaron Kamara. I don't care who is on the offensive side as a skilled player. You need to get this guy the ball. And to me personally, they're they're simply not doing that. I don't think they're doing that enough, at least. Now, that being said, we're going to get into the rest of the games for, I believe this is what, week seven? Yes, this is week seven. So we're getting into the rest of the games for week seven. And I'm going to just go through some. Thoughts on some of these matchups real quick So we're gonna go through the Sunday night matchup Pittsburgh, Miami, gotta go through that You know, I'm a Dolphins fan And on top of the fact that this is A bit of a a rival You know, revenge, grudge match Type deal, we got Brian Flores Coming back to Miami uh, Almost a year removed from him being Fired and His whole investigation And lawsuit he has against the Dolphins It's This is the first time he's been back. We'll see how this goes. Pittsburgh right now is having a lot of controversial things going on with the quarterback position. Kenny Pickett has been the the starter, excuse me, for the past, I believe, two weeks. He's in concussion protocol. He should be playing. Tua talking about Lowe is coming back, which is great news if you're a Dolphins fan, such as myself. The offense just looks so much better with Tua on the field. I believe he's going to make plays and simply just make the throws and plays that were not being made in his absence. And with that being said, I think the Dolphins should take this game. And I don't think they should even be in the dogfight with this team. I think they should blow Pittsburgh out of the water. But Tua is coming back from a concussion. He's been out two weeks. We shall see. I'll be good with the win regardless, but I don't. I wouldn't be impressed if they were to go out and win this game like field goal. I wouldn't be impressed at all. Now, another interesting game I want to get into is the Chiefs versus the 49ers, and that's mainly because of the Christian McCaffrey trade. And I didn't speak on this, but if you all probably know by now, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers the Carolina Panthers in return, the Carolina Panthers received a second, third, and fourth round draft picks for the year 2023. So, the <clears throat> excuse me, so the San Francisco 49ers get Christian McCaffrey in exchange for all those draft picks. That's what the Panthers get. Now, my thing is, and what I want to see is how exactly will they utilize Christian McCaffrey in this offense because this is an offense that prides itself on running with well, multiple running backs. They don't really key in on one running back. But that can also work in his favor as well. Because as we all know, the past couple of years, he's had an injury bug. He has trouble staying on the field. But when he is on the field, he's one of the best running backs in the league. And that goes without being said. Now, with that being said, how can he keep him fresh, keep him on the field? Just simply put, give him less of a workload. And I do believe that could be a beneficial thing for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, his numbers may drop. In the long run but at the end of the day it's better to have him available than not. so i think it'll be beneficial for him and on the flip side of that i want to see how the panthers look without cmc at running back pj walker coming in going to be making his starts how exactly is this office going to look for him without your best offensive player robbie anderson going as well dj moore brian burns how it sounds they're both going to be out the door sooner than later so, was, at this point, it's like, what can we expect from this team? And I think playing against the Buccaneers may show a lot because this is a Buccaneers team that's not necessarily playing lights out. This is a Buccaneers team that is struggling themselves. So, with that being said, I want to see how they look against them. Now, if I had to get into some predictions, We're gonna predict what three and three teams we think can make the playoffs. We're gonna do one for the NFC and the AFC. Now in the NFC, we have a total, let's look at the standards, guys. We have a total of one, two, three, four. Let's say five, because the Colts are three, two, and one. We have a total of five. Three and three or three or one. We have a total of four, three, three, and three teams and one, three, two and one team. Now, as we all know, there is only so many playoff spots. As we all know, there's so many playoff spots. There's only so many. Now, with that being said, who do I see from these groups of teams actually pulling it off and getting in the playoffs? And if I had to choose between these teams, I will go the Bengals as it stands now. Matter of fact, I'll go the Ravens and I'll go the Dolphins. If, if, if Tua can stay healthy the remainder of the season, I think this team has a very strong chance to finish the season 12-5. and I think there are teams on our schedule who are not as impressive as I thought they were going to be coming into this season who, simply put, I think is not beatable. I mean, a perfect example of this for me is Green Bay and the Chargers. The Chargers don't look like this formidable team that I thought they were going to be. Their defense doesn't look as good as I thought it was going to be improved. J.C. Jackson, at this point, has looked like a waste of money. I'm going to just keep it a buck with y'all. He's looked like a waste of money. I mean, I believe in his last game, he got benched for um, Chris Davis. And I'm sorry. if If my $80 million corner is on the bench because of play, that's a damn problem. I don't care what they're saying in the press conferences. I don't care what scheme he's in. You paid this dude 80 million to be here, and he's not even in the game because of play. That's a problem. It's a problem. That's that's all I'm saying. I understand. He's a man corner who's going into a zone system. But at the end of the day, even when he's on the island alone by himself, he is struggling. And I'm talking it's not even against top tier talent a lot of times. He's struggling against anyone who lines up in front of him and, and that's concerning the Chargers injuries are also patterned up on him as well and I'm just not a believer in Brandon Stanley man I I don't think he's a good coach I think he's overly aggressive I think he I think he follows the the blueprint of Sean McVay entirely too much in terms of his overly aggressiveness and going for it when he doesn't need to the that almost cost them the game against the Browns. If Jacoby if Brissett doesn't throw a, a costly interception at the end of that game, the Browns very much win that game. It, it cost, almost cost them that game, and it cost them another game this season. I can't recall right now. But with all that being said, I'm, I'm not so scared of the Chargers as much as I thought I would be at this point. And same thing with the Packers. The Packers simply just look bad. Aaron Rodgers is the only glimpse on that team, him and J. Alexander, and Aaron Jones to an extent as well, but outside of those three names, the Packers just have nothing, I mean nothing. Kenny Clark has looked okay, he's looked good, but he does not look like a game changer as I thought he would be. I mean, they got a good young secondary, but they're still developing. So, I mean, it's not like you're worried about it, per se, but at the end of the day, they have no receivers, and you got to pass first offense. Well, you, that's just not a formula that's going to work. Randall Cobb is a shell of what he used to be. Alan Lazard, if he's your one, good luck. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. So, this is a team that, simply put, they, they got a lot to going on, man. They need to be better. So, I think, I think the rest of our schedule can be very much winnable, I think we. I think one guaranteed loss is the Bills. Another loss will come somewhere. I'm just not sure where. But I think at the very most, this team can win nine more games this year. At the very, and if, if the Dolphins don't finish the season eleven to six. I would be utterly shocked. I'm not gonna lie to y'all because I really don't look at their schedule anymore. Their remaining schedule say this team really scares me. There isn't a, a healthy Dolphins team. There isn't a team in the league I wouldn't put up put up against and give us a good chance to win now that being said let's go off into the nfc and we got a little bit more on the nfc side so 3 and 3 teams nfc we got the packers that's one bucks falcons that's three niners rams seahawks and the cardinals are now three and four so we're going to throw them in there. so we got an entire division that's three and three wins division now Let's, let's do a little side question, guys. Let's, let's name the winner of the NFC West. Who we think will win the NFC West? And if I'm being honest with you all, I'm going to be a little different. I'm going to take a dark horse. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks. And here's why. The Seattle Seahawks, as it stands right now, in my personal opinion, they have the two best... Young corner duo in the entire National Football League. I think, I think with Sauce Gardner and um, the corner, the the other young corner for the Jets. I think they're good. But what I've seen from Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, I just think it's been absolutely outstanding. I think both of these young duos are playing like studs right now. I really do. I think both of them are legit corners in this league and I think both of them will be good for years to come but with that being said the number one thing that has really swayed me into believing this team can do it is the fact that Geno Smith has looked like the best receiver, the best quarterback excuse me, in this division this season and listen I know I know Matt Stalvern in the division just won Super Bowl I know Kyler Murray in the division and he's a young stud who just got a big contract but look at the numbers this season. Turn the film on, and please tell me that Colin Murray or Matt Stafford has looked better than Geno Smith. I mean, he just—I mean, let's, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at Colin Murray numbers on the season: eighty-three point seven rating, sixty-five Let's say sixty-six. He has a sixty-six completion percentage, eighty-three point seven rating. He has almost seventeen hundred yards passing. He has a 7 to 4 TD to INT ratio, okay? Not horrible, but it ain't groundbreaking either. Let's look at Stafford. Stafford has really struggled this season. So Matt Stafford on the season. He's completed 71.1% of his passes. That's that's pretty darn good. 84.6 rating. Again, solid. Just under 1,600 yards total. He has six TDs to eight interceptions. He has more interceptions than touchdowns this season. That's that's never a good formula. That's never a good thing if your quarterback has that. Now, let's look at Geno Smith. Geno Smith this year. He's completing. Listen to this, guys. 73.4% 73.4% of his passes. That's better than both guys by a good bit. A 108.1 rating. Again, that's better than both guys by a good bit. He has 1,502 yards on the season passing. That's lower than both guys, but this is the separator right here. He has a 9 to 2 TD to INT ratio. I'm taking that any day of the week. Any day of the week. T- As it stands right now, he's the best quarterback in this division. I know a lot of people are gonna kick and moan about it. he's the best The numbers do not lie. Turn the film on. Watch this dude play. He's playing good football, man. And I gotta go to see how to win this division right now, man. I just do. I, I just think, and all in all, I think their team is led by the best quarterback in this division. Draft. I mean, not draft. In this division right now, I think they have the best receiver duo in this division right now. And I just believe that their young studs at corner is going to really be the difference in some of these games, man. Especially within their division. So, in my personal opinion, I gotta get to the Seahawks right now. I just do. But if, if I had to pick two more teams on and on the NFC to make it, I think the Bucks find a way to sneak in. And I, and I just have to pick the Rams. I think the Rams, I think they have to find a way to make it work. I mean, you can't go from being a Super Bowl to not make a playoffs the next season. But if, that's a very realistic chance, you know, because the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey, if he can stay healthy, they in a world, for, they in a world of trouble because they have a chance to finish last in this division. If the Cardinals can get their act together, and with D-Hawk back now, who knows? But with that being said, though, guys, we're going to get into the fan Q&A. As you all know, the fan q and I post on Facebook every single day and on YouTube. Not every single day, every single Monday, excuse me. If you want to ask me questions, all you got to do is add the page on Facebook. And you got to simply put, you got to simply put, just ask the questions, whatever you want to ask. Now let's get straight into it, let me go ahead and look up some, let me go ahead and pull up the, sorry, let me go ahead and pull up this Q&A real quick, I'm trying to find it. Alright guys, give me one second, I apologize, I really. This this is taking a much longer time to find than expected. Oh my goodness, guys! I'm sorry, my apologies, man. But y'all just give me a couple more seconds. I have to find the post. This ah here we go. All right, so this first question comes from. Gino Line, if Jim Harbaugh beats OSU and takes Michigan to the CFP again, has he done enough for the fan base to go back to the NFL without fans being angry about it? Uh, I think he can go back regardless. The fan base doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I really, I really don't think it matters at all. It may matter to him somewhat, but I don't think... I don't think it matters to address of things. I to answer your question, my boy, but this next question comes from Charlie Ratliff. Who is was your current NFL MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year? Okay, this is a good question. So current NFL MVP, I got to go with Josh Allen. I was with Lamar for the longest, but the way the Ravens have been spiraling a little bit and the way the Bills just have looked unstoppable, You got to give it to Josh Allen, man. I mean, he's playing lights out this year. He's looked like a stud. And I just think he deserves that. Offensive player of the year. I'm going to have to give it to Justin Jefferson, man. I think this dude is just another level of freakness. Matter of fact, scratch that. I'm giving it to Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill, what he has done for the Miami Dolphins, is something that we have never seen in his franchise. And he's actually on pace right now to set the NFL records for receiving yards in a season if he keeps this up. So I got to go with Harry Keough. Defensive player of the year, I'm going with Michael Parsons. I'm not going to lie to y'all. The dude is the... He may be the best defensive player in the league right now. And that's with all due respect to Aaron Donald. But I think... I think it's there. I think it's Michael Parsons right now, man. I think he's running with it. Now, with that being said, my this next question comes from Van Belsing. Who is the best free agent? o Uh, I really don't know off the top of my head, man. I, I'll do a little bit more research on this and let you know. Larry Green asks, are the New York Giants contenders or pretenders? I still think they're pretenders. They haven't really beat anyone to me to say I was wrong about this team. To be honest, I'm just not a believer in Danny Jones. I'm I'm not. I don't believe in Daniel Jones in the slightest. Next question comes from Jason Corey Spear. Is my prediction of the Bills versus the Eagles Super Bowl still on point? Yeah? In Fat Man, it looked like that's the, It looks like that's what's gonna happen at this point. Kevin Wade asks NBA predictions. I'ma I'm do I'ma do a prediction for the uh, for the seedings and things like that and what teams I feel like they're gonna make the playoffs next week. So y'all stay tuned for that. So I'm gonna answer this question next week, my boy. Kelly Bobby. He says, what? I believe this is a woman My apologies Miss Bobby Nice to do I'm sorry man But what order would the AFC And NFC North finish Okay let's look at The AFC And NFC North So The NFC North you got the Vikings Right now 5-1 Packers at 3-3 Bears at 2-4 And the Lions At 1-4 and I think It finished The exact same orders in already I'm not gonna lie to you The only difference May be the bottom two I think they're both Interchangeable but the top two, I don't think it's changing. So, I can see it staying the exact same. So, for the AFC North, as it is, Ravens 1, Bengals 2, both 3-3, three three. Browns and Steelers both 2-4. Now, the, this one is kind of tricky because all of these teams are wild cards. But I will say this. If the Browns can keep this division within a game before Deshaun Watson comes back, They have a chance to win this division. I really do believe that. And if he can be even half of what he was with the Texans, with the Browns, and this roster, yeah, it's lights out. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to y'all. But I believe the order it is right now, I think the Bengals can take that first seed, the top of the division from the Ravens. I think the Ravens would be the second. I think the Browns can be third still and the Pittsburgh would be last. I just don't see Pittsburgh overcoming this quarterback debacle they have right now. Last question comes from Will Mike Jones. Does McCaffrey make a healthy Niners team Super Bowl contenders? Yes, absolutely. This is the problem. He can't be healthy and the 49ers team can't be healthy. I cannot pick them to make any Super Bowl until I see all of them finish this season together. I just can't do it, man. I know that's your team, my boy, but I'm sorry. I just got to be honest. I got to keep it real. They they have to stay healthy. If they can't stay healthy, I don't see it happening. But that'd be it for this episode, guys. I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show once again. Y'all be sure to like and subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Last Word Productions. And by the way, I will be streaming tomorrow the Dolphins game. Live stream. Y'all go tune in to it, man. I'm on TikTok, Facebook, IG, Twitter, all that last word productions. Appreciate y'all, man. I'll see y'all in the next one.